Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. (laughs) (laughs) Our new horror podcast is alive. It's already in your favorite podcast store. You just didn't know about it yet. It's lurking, waiting for you, and it has a nice surprise for you. And it's definitely not a jelly bean. Or it might be, but you'll have to listen to episode one, Tunnel to Hell, to find out. Check out Miscreation, an anthology of audio drama horror now. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Acast, and everywhere that podcasts are downloaded. Today's episode is Bio, written by John Crinan and narrated by Alexandra Elroy. Imogen Barnes watched the beetle crawl across the mansion's front step and absently considered stamping on it. The bug's abdomen was a bright iridescent green, so brilliant against the dusty ground that it looked artificial. But before she could raise her foot, its tiny body split, revealing two delicate wings, and it took to the air, escaping her. Probably for the best, she thought. Better that it fly away than Pelham opening the door to find its guts smeared across his porch. She was here in the Bay Area to begin writing a biography of Guilford Pelham. The biography, she reminded herself. And soon, the reclusive tech visionary who had single-handedly changed the world back in the 1970s, all from the humble surroundings of his Palo Alto garage, would answer the door and open up to her in his first interview in decades. 
she smoothed down her skirt and checked her smartwatch. Its face stared back up at her. You're early, Imogen. Shrugging, she pressed the door buzzer and waited. The man who arrived at the door was not what she had expected. It occurred to her that the only photographs she had seen of Pelham were years old. Intensely private. Those were the words the media used to describe him. His company's products could be found in practically every home in the developed world, but his face did not grace the covers of any magazine. The man that stood before her now was frail and slightly stooped. He wore plain clothing and thin-rimmed spectacles. He looked almost as old as her grandfather, but his eyes shone with the vibrancy of youth. A beetle just like the one she'd almost stomped on the doorstep sat perched on his shoulder. Imogen was staring. She held out her hand. Uh, Mr. Pelham, very pleased to meet you. I'm Imogen Barnes. Pelham's face was kind. Miss Barnes, welcome, he said, ushering her inside. We've been expecting you. Imogen frowned again at the bug, but stepped across the threshold into the reception area. The beetle flew away into the gloom of the cavernous space. You have a lovely home, she said. It's much too big for myself alone, but I've grown attached to the place. Thank you. Pelham closed the door and guided her through the house. Please, this way. There was very little by way of furniture or trinkets in the house. A few tables and chairs and a Japanese-style rock garden were the only focal points she spotted in the otherwise empty rooms. Pelham led her to one of the chairs overlooking a view of the garden and motioned for her to sit. He sat down across from her. Imogen looked around. It was incredibly quiet in here. Pelham crossed his legs and looked at her expectantly. He grinned from ear to ear as if he was having the time of his life. She cleared her throat. Do you mind if I record this conversation? She asked, prodding her smartwatch to commit whatever it heard to memory. Not at all. Imogen nodded. First of all, I want to ask... Her smartwatch screamed in protest. She cursed it, jabbing again at its face until it was quiet. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like computers hate me, she joked, and then immediately wished she hadn't. Pelham, arguably the father of the modern computer, simply smiled at her. Imogen started over. I want to ask you about your reluctance to enter into the public discourse surrounding your products. I'm speaking to you now, aren't I? You are. But why now? Why me? His smile never faltered, but he shifted in his chair. Sometimes we reach a point in our lives where we realise that there's only so much good that we can do for the world from behind closed doors. There are rumours you'll be unveiling your new product line soon. Is this related to that? Could be. Do you plan to give me a preview? Pelham took a deep breath. I'm still deciding that. Imogen couldn't help but blush. Of course she was curious. A look at the future before anybody else in the world was compelling to any writer, even if the book wouldn't be out for months yet. It was one of the reasons she had pursued this opportunity so aggressively. In the end, she had been accepted as Pelham's official biographer, but she had to share so many non-disclosure agreements that she couldn't share the news with anyone. Her boyfriend didn't even know she was visiting here today. 
Over Pelham's shoulder on the far wall, she thought she saw a spider. She imagined its eight eyes looking down on her, judging her. Imogen thought back to the beetle at the front door. You have a lot of bugs here, she said. Pelham looked at the arachnid and then turned back calmly. It's interesting, he began. We use the word bug to mean an error in a product's programming, but I'm realising now how wrong that is. Imogen didn't want to enter into a dialogue about the etymology of the term, so she changed tack quickly. Let's start with the big question. What do you have to say to the activists who blame you and the success of your products for our current ecological disaster? Pelham's eyebrows shot up. I thought you were here to write my biography, not to drag my name through the mud again. I understood that you had left journalism behind, no? It would be disingenuous if my book didn't at least address the controversy. It's not my first bout with controversy. It won't be my last. You're referring to the computer rights protests in the 90s? Pelham shook his head. We can go further back than that. My resignation from Sappho Corporation, for one. He was referring to his shock departure from the biggest technology company in the valley at the time. They called me the traitorous one and laughed in my face as I walked out the door. The other founders were convinced that the future was in silicon microchips. I disagreed. Look who's laughing now. Imogen considered herself pretty smart, but she had to admit that she didn't know much about the obsolete silicon microchips she'd read about in the history books. Pelham was on a roll. Just imagine it. We would all be walking around now with computers the size of automobiles if we'd stuck with silicon chips. My success came when I looked closer to home for the next breakthrough in computing. His eyes lit up to biology. The iridescent beetle scuttled up from somewhere within Pelham's shirt, as if on cue. Pelham paid it no notice. Look at that smartwatch you're wearing, he said. Can you imagine that made of metal and glass and circuitry? He almost spat the last word. Imogen looked at the thing wrapped around her wrist. Its fleshy arms hugged her firmly but gently. She wore it everywhere. Yes, she lost her temper with it from time to time. Yes, it surely had a mind of its own. It even lost its temper with her sometimes. But as its little face looked up at her now, she couldn't imagine ever wearing anything else. It squeezed her tenderly, as if it could read her thoughts. Imogen loved it. She'd ask it the time and it would tell her, but it could do so much more. She noticed that Pelham had stood up at some point and was now pacing back and forth. The beetle was circling his head, growing more agitated as he became more animated. They would have us using cold and lifeless personal computers, he said, thinking machines. I gave our devices a personality. Life. True intelligence. Imogen felt something tickle and nip at the back of her neck and she brushed it away. She felt something around the size of a golf ball tangled in her hair, something moving. She let out a sharp scream and grabbed for it. Another beetle. She threw it at the ground, disgusted. Pelham didn't react. And you're right. The success of our product lines is partly to blame for the ecological disaster currently blighting our country. 
He looked towards his own smartwatch, which Imogen hadn't noticed until now. It looked different to her own, more sinewy somehow, and sickly. He stroked it like someone might a lover. Too many new mouths to feed, he said, as the smartwatch purred in response. There was the sound of rustling, and Imogen found to her horror that the room was slowly filling with the strange new species of beetle. Their wings hummed in the air. She had to get out of this place. But I have a solution, Pelham continued, oblivious to the growing bug problem in the room. Since the beginning, I've tried to mimic nature when creating the greatest living computers mankind has ever seen. But I wasn't thinking small enough. His laugh was wild, even over the thrum of beetle wings. Spittle flew from his lips. You see, it's not my creations that are stripping the planet of its natural resources. No, it's God's creation. If you can believe in such a thing, we are the problem, Miss Barnes. And my new product line will put us all in our place. He opened his palm to reveal one of the green beetles sitting there. Up close, Imogen could see how vicious the bug looked. Huge mandibles gnashed near the thing's mouth. It looked hungry. Ah, I'm afraid I'm going to have to draw this interview to a close prematurely, Pelham said letting some of the bugs crawl over his face. I had hoped that this could wait until after our book was finished. I wanted to leave something for the survivors to help them understand. But it appears that we're ready for your preview now. Suddenly Imogen realised that thousands of the bugs were swarming Pelham's body, consuming him. She watched as his smartwatch screamed and dropped off his wrist. It bounded away on two arms across the floor before being overrun by the ravenous mass. Its final squeals turned her blood cold. I've put mankind on the menu, he rasped. (laughs) The bug is the way! Instinctively, Imogen covered her own wrist to protect her smartwatch. It squirmed and yelped as hungry beetles forced their way through her fingers and chewed chunks out of its flesh. She swatted them and saw that the ground was a carpet of iridescent green. She stomped on as many of the beetles as she could, hearing their bodies crack and explode under her feet. Imogen made for the door, but it was too late. She felt the swarm crawl up over her bare legs and chew at her exposed flesh. She fell. Imogen's smartwatch tumbled from her arm and then dragged itself towards her. It crept on broken arms, but in one final act of kindness, it pulled herself across her eyes, saving her from seeing what was about to happen. All she could do was scream as she felt the bugs begin to burrow, and pain consumed her. Our time's up, Imogen. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. 
Bio was written by John Crinham, narrated by Alexandra Elroy, edited by Carl Hughes, with music by Melon and Tom Robson. You can check out more of John's work at Twitter at, at John Crinan, that's C R I N A N, and Instagram.com forward slash John Crinan. Our new horror podcast is alive. It's already in your favourite podcast store, and you maybe just didn't know about it yet. It's lurking, waiting for you, and has a nice surprise for you. And it's definitely not a jelly bean. Or it might be. But you'll have to listen to episode one, Tunnel to Hell, to find out. Check out Miscreation, an anthology of audio drama horror now, available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Acast, and everywhere that podcasts are downloaded. Until next time. 